This is the New Glarus Brewing Podcast with Dan Carey. I am Scott May. I am sitting across the table with one of my all-time favorite people here at the brewery. We have done one episode with him before. He is an Army veteran. He started here on like a three-week job and worked his way up from, you know, just uh, flipping kegs and moving boxes to to uh, packaging team lead to... What I like to you know, we'll call you uh, a U.S. Army knife of the <laughs> of the uh, of, of the brewery here. You you essentially, if it has to do with people and the management of people and their departments, you're sort of the go to guy for all things brewery. You're like an umbrella problem solver. Is that correct? And by the way, his name is Scott Knoll, <laughs> and he's been here for 18 years. Yep. Uh, yeah, that'd be a great way to, to, to call it. Uh, you know, we don't do much of, of, uh, labels around yeah. here. So it's kind of getting where you fit in and, and the niche early on with, with us, like we talked about last podcast was, uh, leadership ability and availability there that there was in the brewery. So, uh, the carries have been gracious enough to, uh, give me chances when probably undeserved in some, some points, as far as, you know, what your background was, Yeah, uh, they've taken a lot of chances with me mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and fortunately for, for all of us, uh, everything has been moving forward in a great direction the past 18 years. Well, yeah. And one of the reasons I wanted to, to talk to you again is, uh, I think last time we talked, it must've been like January or February, some toward, somewhere towards the beginning yeah. of the year. And we were just starting to ramp up into our 30th anniversary. And I, it's sort of become a running theme over the summer just because so much stuff started happening. But from a leadership standpoint, from like a night, like a sort of like a coach's mentality standpoint, all of the things that we were able to do this summer, putting together just a package of beers that some brand new, some returning, but like at last count, it was ridiculous. It was like eight or nine beers came out in like a four to five month period. Yeah. It's been, it's been a crazy year and, and a lot of fun. Yeah. For all the obvious reasons you got old school brands like Oof Bach coming back. You got the 30th anniversary. You got the Scotch Ale where Dan and some of the, the brewers here got to develop that beer together, um, which was the first time of, of something like that going down. Yeah. So that was pretty exciting. And then on top of it, all the projects mm-hmm. uh, that we have going on amongst celebrating 30 years of being in business. So yeah, there's been a ton. Well, and that's funny when you start getting, digging into like the stories of these beers, it's not just like, oh yeah, we made an IPA and we made a Pilsner, an IPA and a Scotch Ale. Each of them have like this hugely unique story where it's like, oh, with IPA, it's like, no, we have to figure out how to thread this needle and make it unique and different within our profile and within what's going on in the country in this space with Pilsner. It's like, no, this is a 20 year odyssey for Dan. (laughs) Yeah. And, and then with Scotch Ale, it's like, okay, now we're going to figure out how we collaborate with like eight or nine people to design a beer. So from like a leadership and a, and a management and just like a sort of, uh, you know, an all around coaching standpoint, when you have all of this stuff going on, how does that affect your, your sort of day-to-day operation? Uh, well, it depends on what's going on with it, but just go backwards a little bit on what you said. One of the cool things that's happening in the brewery is as we continue to grow into, you know, 30 more years, uh, we're putting a lot of pockets of teams together to help manage the brewery as a whole. So for example, we've, we've put together a communications team and like a contract team. And then this recipe team also kind of came where, where Dan sat down with them and was like, all right, 
here's how I figure out how I want to do this, which is really cool when you get our brewers to be able to get behind the scenes with Dan on the, the, the idiosyncrasies of how he develops a beer, what makes him think of the beer, the math that goes into the beer. Um, so there will be more coming down the pipe with stuff like that, yeah, which I consider to be just awesome. I think that the carries, you know, for thinking is awesome. They're, they're sitting at what, you know, 63, 62 years yeah, old. Yeah. Somewhere in like, there. Somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah, I think they're, they're both like, 1960. Yeah. And they're like, you know, eventually we're going to slow her down a little bit. I mean, they'll always be around for sure. But, um, the fact that they're just opening up their arms and like, how do we do this so that all the employee owners are feeling heard and welcomed with all their ideas and that we're making sure we're doing the things fairly within the business. And, um, I think that it's just, we're on the the cusp of really growing into the next evolution of the brewery. And I think that's really important to Dan and Deb right now. Well, and you know what, I think it says something about both of them and, and, you know, and as we're talking about Dan bringing people in for recipe writing and, and sort of showing them how he does things and, and the thought process he has, I think what it says about him is, you know, there's this sense I get from Dan. It's not as if he's egoless. It's not like as if he doesn't understand, you know, how good he is at this thing he does and how hard he is work to be as good as he is at this thing he does. But there would be an inclination to a less like, uh, you know, I'd put it mentally strong type person Mm -hmm. to want to just stranglehold onto that, right? To just keep it as tight as you can and say like, no, I am the special one who can do this. But Dan's not like that. He loves sharing that with people and, and bringing them into that. And I think it's, I think it's something that's going to serve everyone really well. Yeah. It's like the, uh, the Nick Saban coaching tree or the Bill Parcells coaching tree, right? Like it trickles yeah. down to everywhere. And uh, yeah, you're right. Like he, he could totally hold on to everything tight. And so could Deb as far as the business world or. Oh yeah. Her. And the fact that she's like, no, let's just hear what everybody has to say. What I say is an always bond. Uh, I'm going to be the final say, but I want to hear everybody's input before I make this final stamp of approval. And and Dan's very much the same way. Like when I first started working the packaging materials, he would often say, I don't care whose fault it is. I just don't want it to happen anymore. Yeah. So when we'd have issues on the bottle line or something like that, he's like, bring your experts in. If, if we need to recalibrate something on the bottle filler, we'll do it. If we need to buy a new piece of equipment, we'll do it. But prove it to us that it's our fault. Because again, I don't care whose fault it is. Yeah. I just want it to be fixed and done right. <laughs> I want it to stop so this can be one <laughs> less thing that I got to worry about well, tomorrow. I mean, yeah. One of the other cool things about... <clears throat> how they've kind of uh, sprinkled their leadership style around the brewery is, is they understand you can't put a price on morale. Yes. Um, no, that's a hundred percent true. You know, like the first, one of the first capital projects that I was, I was heavily involved in was the robot on the keg line. Yeah. And that the, started the, the cow tipper. Yep. And that started, Deb was walking into the brewery one day. One of our brewers was outside shoveling. Cause you know, at that time we, we didn't have, uh, uh um, a snow crew, a, a yeah. know, landscaping service. Oh, and now, now you guys it. got those cool little like snow yeah, sweeper exactly. things. I was like, I'm going to steal one of them, man. But, but at the time, you know, spotted cow kegs are flipped upside down. And, you know, that was a keg line operator shoveling the snow and kind of arched the back. It was oh, like yeah. stretching out a little bit. Deb's like, hey, do you think we could get like a robot to do that job? <laughs> it didn't make us any more beer. No. But that robot saved you know, employees backs. 
Yeah. And that, and that helps. I mean, it, those are the things that like help in efficiency that you can't, you, you know, you're not really going to measure. It's like, oh yeah, the, the kegs are still getting flipped at the same rate, but that guy is now, or that guy or, or, or lady is now free to, to save their body, to continue doing this work at a high efficiency level for many years. hundred percent. I mean, even part of the reason why we're doing the uh, seller project that we're currently in right now is the brew hall was trying to take some steps away from their job and, and mainstream their job a little bit more. One of the guys recently said, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, going from like a, a mini sports car to like, you know, the, the ultimate Ferrari, uh, the new seller, but really what it is, it's, it's more about the ergonomics and the future of us being able to do like some blackout CIP and stuff like that, which will also save us, you know, tons of money because we don't ever want to be in the third shift kind of business. You know, we're, we're pretty much set on our first and second, but that's how the, this was supposed to be every year. Dan will go around and meet with, with brewers. Got any ideas? You need anything? And I think we talked about this a little bit in the first podcast and, and that's where this came up from. Like this was not supposed to be a capital project. Yeah. The, the seller uh, automation yeah, stuff. Yeah. 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 But, but now we are in a three phase, three year project that is going to make us uh, just an awesome brewery where our brewers are going to have more time now to invest in making the beer better, to focus on oxygen levels being even lower than what they've been in the past, which is crazy to even think about because yeah. we are pretty low. Um, but yeah, no, Dan, Dan is on a mission to murder oxygen. Oh, 100%. Like that, that's his goal. Like if, if he had a war, that would be, that would be it. Funny story. Probably like, I don't know, 12 years ago, we had a company coming in and we were, we were testing out their, um, their meters and the sales rep was like, I'm going to come back tomorrow. There's something wrong with our meters. (laughs) (laughs) Cause our, our readings were so low. Our oxygen levels were so low in the fermenters and in the bright beer tanks. He's like, this is impossible. I, I, I've never been in a brewery that's had this. this It it can't happen. Right. So he comes back the next day with two new meters and, and we're reading, you know, the same or lower than we were the day before. He's like, you guys cannot run this low. And we're like, no, we, we, we do. And they say you can't be the 15th largest craft brewery on one state, but you know. Well, and that's a big reason why, right? Yeah. You know, because we, we get after things like that. You know, I mean, when we get up like three, you're talking about like three to four parts per billion, right? Yeah. In, in the package where, where it's like, hey, why are we up three parts per billion? <laughs> You know, like, 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 like only one, like the only Dan Carey would be worried of a room of a billion people. Three more came in. But the cool thing about that is that once upon a time, yeah, it was Dan Carey worrying about it. Yes. Now it's the filler operators talking to each other like, dude, I came in this morning. I saw what you were running last night. Why were you three point three parts higher than me? That is hilarious. They, well, the, the, the details on stuff like that, I think it's so funny because when you listen to, you know, when you start going down this road, right. And talking to beer people and sort of listening to what, you know, is just sort of in the craft beer zeitgeist. The thing I now find very interesting is you like, I've been looking for conversations on oxygen levels and you just don't find them. No. And, and, and when I was running the packaging department, like when the CTPO was a game changer, yeah. that, that the Hoffman's unit we bought to measure dissolved oxygen and headspace oxygen in the package. And the reason Dan Carey bought that machine is because back then I was still running packaging. Yeah. And uh, he's like, 
He's like, I got this machine coming in. And basically the reason I, uh, I bought it is because I know that you're a competitive person <laughs> and every hour you're going to have to read that number. That is hilarious. So, so that's how we ended up with it. But that machine, you know, the old school Zominagle, you know, you're, you're shaking this barrette full of like, you know, caustic and measuring hundred shakes and looking at temperatures and, and, and carbonation through this machine. And it was miserable. Yeah. So Dan saw that. And, and then also knowing that we were a competitive group, like, oh, I'm going to invest in this machine. I'm basically going to put a scoreboard in there for you. So that's exactly what it is. So if you come, the you can't see it, but the the brewers can see it. So the, the, the customers can't see it when they're in the brewery. But there's an efficiency meter, too. That's hilarious. Yep. And then so we got the efficiency meters and we've got also the TPO machines that are there. And it's so funny because the can line and the bottle line running at the same time, they'll compete with each other who can get lower. <laughs> Well, and this is the, you know, and we're talking about, you know, you can't buy morale, right? And talking about ergonomics, talking about knowing your people, this is how you get, you know, this is how you get, you know, make somebody into a brewer and then make someone into a career Nuglaris brewer. It's these, it's these, these little details, these things that make, make it, it to me at least feels like why you hear people say like, yeah, we've had like, you know, basically 1% turnover over the last decade, you yeah, know? Yeah, 100%. You know, COVID was the only thing that really ever put oh, yeah. us into a, And that know, just sort of shook everybody's level. lives, you 100%. know? 100%. But the cool thing is now hitting up on Deb's side of it with this communications team, like right now as that communications team, which we have a representative from every single department, and it's not all team leaders. Yeah. It's, it's some brewers, some team leaders, it's a mix and mash, but- each department is represented so that each department has a representative to go to. Right. Yeah. And uh, currently we're sitting down and, and we're editing and kind of rewriting the employee handbook. That's awesome. So, so it's literally coming. Our employee handbook is literally coming from the employees. So it, it's, it's just a unique way to look at things. And we've been through a bunch of things as far as, you know, whether it's vacations, how to handle vacations or, you know, maternity leave, paternity leave, stuff like that. We've all been through it now. So yeah. now, now we can write in, oh, you remember this one situation or, oh, crap, I, I totally forgot this was a thing. Yeah. Right? Or like, you know what? We, we tried that and you know what it led to? And Bob over there ended up walking out of here with uh, 57 cases of beer one day. So we yeah, got to right. have a cap on the free beer. <laughs> yeah, all right? yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's like, as experience goes, you can kind of rewrite some rules, rewrite some, some stuff to just be like, Hey, it makes everything more efficient. And the thing I'm, the thing I'm really digging about this is when you tell me we have a communications team, right? From the world I came from and the, the stuff I was doing for work in politics and stuff, it's like, Oh, so this is to communicate our, you know, our, you know, for lack of a word, our brand, whatever to the public's like, no, this, this team is so that there's interdepartmental communication in the brewery. And so many business seems like they want to keep everything separate. Like, you know, don't have anyone talking to each other, keep them, keep everyone in their own little boxes so that nobody starts getting any bright ideas. And, and in just another brilliant example of Deb just doing things differently, it's the exact opposite here. And it gives everybody an opportunity to be heard and 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 know why. Yeah. I mean, it's literally the, the communications is boots on ground. Oh, yeah. And it's funny, you know, we work with with some corporations, you know, that 
their headquarters is in one state, but the plant we deal with is here in Wisconsin. And all of a sudden a guy from another state's telling the plant that we deal with what to do. Yeah. And I just, I'm thinking to myself, like, dude, I've been in that plant more than you had the last like <laughs> four months even. Yeah. How, how do you, you know how this is running? How do you yeah, know, how do you know how this is going to work for us? And, and that's just, that's the paradigm is so different. I think for us versus a lot of manufacturers, not just brewing business and the fact that, you know, our employee ownership is what the goal is, is to put it at a whole new level. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is that the the buy-in, pun intended, I guess, uh, is, is so high that every oxygen level matters. Everything we write in that handbook matters, Yeah, you know, and everything in between things like that, whether it be on the brewing side, how you deal with the people side, how you manage contracts, how you manage incoming resources, everything is hitting boots on the ground now where everybody's got some say in your expertise. And like we talked about in the last time I was here, everybody finds a niche yeah. in the brewery, which is awesome because more times than not, if you show focus and attention to your niche, you get more, right? Yes. Uh, and, and hopefully more means satisfaction at work. Yeah. And, and I think that's why the 1%, I think that's our turnover rate. I think that's also why we're the 15th largest brewery or whatever it is in the nation only selling in one state. I think that's why the shelf stability of our beer is far superior than a lot of our competitors, not all, but a lot. Um, so I, I think all that wrapped up really encompasses Dan and Deb's personalities and their stick to I mean, yeah. 30 years is a long time. I, I always kind of joke like if I was in business for 30 years with my wife, I'd probably be six feet under by now, right? <laughs> and and but they don't. They they both stay in their lanes. They merge when they need to, and um, everything just tends to come together when when those two have their ideas and put it into motion. And then they trust people like me or Emily or Sam or Randy to kind of get the ball rolling. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the the brewers take it over. And it becomes a thing that we don't even own anymore as leaders in the brewery. Yeah, it's literally their own thing now. It's 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 allowing people to sort of stretch in in ways that keep them, yeah, keep them engaged, keep them feeling satisfied, and like and, and like their work matters 100%. In, in both to the product they're putting out, but also to the company that they work for. Because and I've worked for you know yeah some not great bosses and management teams, and there there's nothing wor- worse than suiting up for a job that you just go into and you're like, I could literally, you know, I could be the best employee here. I could be the worst employee here. It does not matter because at the end of the day, it's just going to stay the way it is, you yeah. know, and, and you don't want to work hard to make that place better because what does it matter? Well, we just got done with reviews not too long ago and, and I have the kind of the same shtick every year and I sit in on a great majority of the reviews. And and I tell them the goal is until you win the lottery, we want to provide you the best workplace possible. And that kind of helps me sleep at night in the role I'm at. Is yeah. that I know that we're trying to do the best job we can providing a ton of people uh, a great work atmosphere. And and if we're doing that, then we're going to keep winning. Yeah. And you've been here damn near two thirds of, <laughs> of the time this place has been open. Yeah. And, you know, we're, you know, it's December now, you know, we're officially coming out of our 30 year anniversary year. How did you feel this year when, how, how did you feel from a calendar perspective, from a work perspective, from just a, 
holy crap, we've been in business 30 years perspective. Yeah. And, and for 18, for me, yeah. right? you know, so, so it's been a long ride. I mean, we, it's a, it's been a roller coaster because yeah, you'd like, be sending your career off to college right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, but you know, the roller coasters of growth and construction and, and, and the growth of people. I mean, when I first started, there was 18 total employees wow. and now we're at 104 full-time yeah, employees something like now. that. Yeah. So, I mean, that growth right there is, is crazy. And to be able to get that amount of people to continue to believe in the mission of what we're trying to do here is, is pretty amazing. And, uh, so it's, the year overall was awesome. It was different because this is first post COVID year that we got back into construction again. Oh yeah. And uh, so getting back into that rhythm, which is pretty much since 2007 until COVID, we had a project, a capital project every year. Oh yeah. And uh, so obviously because of COVID, we couldn't do it for, you know, a handful of years and now we're really back into it. So that shook us up a little bit. Thankfully, our, you know, our, 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 uh, our automation team and our engineering team are spot on our maintenance team. They jump right back in. And it's like riding a bike for them. But from the outside looking in, you're like, holy smokes, this is a lot going on. Well, yeah, because like, um, you know, we just got occupancy on the new warehouse today. Just today. Today. Yeah, so that's yeah. like the final sign off uh, or final ish. Shout out Jason and Catherine. Yeah. Good yeah. job. And so the new, and I, and I think I'll speak to Catherine again at, about the, the warehouse construction and what it's going to be used for. But I was thinking that when I was talking to you, when you're just looking at it from the overview, yeah, you're, you're putting in a new warehouse, but from, uh, you know, a 10,000 10, foot view, you are giving up a parking lot. You are cutting off the back of the brewery from the front of the brewery, essentially. I don't know if I haven't been back there to see if there's actually like a drivable path to get around, but there's going to be some reconfiguring going on of routines. So for, you know, for the guy who's basically like, tell me your problems and I will help you solve. <laughs> I will absolve you, my son. <laughs> you know, that had to, that had to present you some unique challenges. Um, it, what the challenges are is making sure we can get everybody on the same page. Yeah. And, and fortunately for us, you know, there's a big saying in what we do every day and it's, it's about mission, not ego. Yeah. So, so Friday is actually a huge meeting coming up for us. We, we have a big meeting of, we have new real estate now. That new real estate is for cans. Yes. But it opens up other warehouse real estate now. Yeah. So now people are like, well, hey, I'd like to put, and that's really where. Because, uh, you know, yeah, everyone's like, like the pet thing they've had in the back of their head. If only I had the space for X. It's like building the house. Yeah. Right. The house goes up and you're like, whoa, I'm going to be ready to move in. And then you're like, oh, wait a minute. They haven't even gotten the tile in yet. Or, yeah. Oh, I want to do this inside here now. And uh, so some changes will come. And this is where I got to start to bring, insert myself. And we're all like, okay, here's the layout of the warehouse. What's the, first of all, most importantly, what's the best flow for Jason and his warehouse team? Yeah. Right. That's number one. Cause yeah, first of all, it's, it, it, it's packaging in beer out. How do we make that the best yep. we can? And then after that, then we start talking about who gets the window room and, who, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Well, as, as a guy who really tried to fight for a window office once in the Capitol, like, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I know the importance of that direct little sunbeam sometimes. Yeah, but everything comes down to efficiency and then also uh, 
what's important to be where. Yeah. And uh, for example of that is packaging materials, like something you wouldn't realize. Living in Wisconsin's tough on paperboard and really? labels. Because as you know, we use a heavier set uh, paper label than most beer companies do. Yeah. And um, in the wintertime, it sucks all the moisture, dry air sucks all the moisture out of that board or even out of that paper. And then the summertime is way more moist than it would be in the winter. So you technically you have two different sets of cardboard. So like one of the areas we want to take up is one of our old nut huts where we would buy, we can temperature control it uh, really close yeah. and put cardboard in there so that we can have a consistent temperature. And the humidity stays right. And and the, yeah, exactly. And that way we're more successful on our efficiencies on the line. So there's stuff like that, that now we have to start to manage and say, nope, this is going to, this is going to take over the priority of this because of these reasons. And, and that's where I come in and and manage those kinds of meetings and make sure that we we're doing the best thing to serve every department. Well, yeah. And as we're talking about new labels and new beers and, and, and packaging and stuff like that, I think one of the things I didn't really consider as much on the, you know, on the consumer side of things was if you if you have a brewery and it's putting out, you know, even three, four beers in rapid succession, like that takes a lot of organizing just for raw packaging materials. I mean, you're talking about three different labels might be from different vendors. If they can, can't do this printing, you need whatever. So like for you helping organize all of that, was it just like, you know, following the SOP or was, did this year present some unique challenges with just the amount we were doing? Well, what was different is that, you know, thumbprint, for example. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a sticker that goes onto a black can. Yes. So that was a new company that we had to go out and find and, and qualify them. And, uh, we're, you know, we're fortunate enough. We found a Wisconsin company that does it. Um, so that was a little bit different because that's something we've never done before. Yeah. So there's a little bit of a vulnerability there, you know? Um, but again, uh, our engineering team did a really good job of organizing the people and getting the right people involved. And, um, it, it, it was much more easy to organize all that. And, and then also we have a, what's called the flip team, which is, uh, her name is Elizabeth and, and she organizes that team and, and she orders everything from malt to labels yeah, and everything in between it. And she makes everybody's life, her her and Kayla and Kristen make everybody's life so easy. It's like, hey, I need this and I need it on this day. Can you let me know when they're going to press approval? Because I got to go out there. Sure as you know what, I'll be next day getting email. Hey, they're going to do the press approval next Tuesday. All right, great. I'm going to go out there. And then I go to Sherry. Hey, can you plan a trip for me to get out <laughs> there? And I don't know which hotel, but blah, blah, blah. And, yeah. you know, it, it's really, it, it, it takes all walks of everybody's niche to make this thing work. And whether it's, you know, me getting to a, a place to qualify a vendor or for Dan to sit down with five brewers and teach them how to write recipes, it, it really is all of that, that, that helps us hit 30 years of success. Yeah. It, and that, and that's an awesome way to put it. And as I, and as I was, I was listening to, and I was thinking about the different teams and like the communication stuff, it's like, and everyone finding their niche. It's like, uh, I was thinking about my niche and I was like, Oh man, I'm on like a one person team right now. I could totally just nominate myself for the <laughs> communications committee. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, Oh geez. I, yeah. I'm like a one man department. Cause it's like, does it have to do with, uh, talking to the outside world? Just send it to Scott or does it have <laughs> yeah, to do with, right, right. you know, charitable giving, just, just send it to Scott. Like I become, I end up becoming sort of this catch all for this, like, uh, these random tasks that just fit my skill set. And it's like, Oh yeah, no one else. I'm going to nominate myself with the communications <laughs> team. 
But, you know, I mean, what a, you're actually a really great example of, of what the brewery encompasses. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Because everything that you're involved in is right up your alley. It is. It is 100%. And and I think, you know, and as I talk to, to other team members and to brewers and, and try to articulate how this company operates to the outside world, I don't think people fully grasp how unique that is to have. Like, my skill set and what I can do is varied and, but also highly specific. And for Deb to sort of recognize, and at first it was just the charitable giving stuff and, and or, from an organizational standpoint, how is this going to operate? How are we going to professionalize and, and, and sort of uh, make this a more permanent thing? How does that structure look? How does the flow of requests and money outgo? How does the tracking for our budget go? Like, you know, for her to recognize while I'm doing that, like, oh yeah, I think you could do this other thing too that I had never even really considered. And then just sort of folding in these different tasks into, you know, a, a, a job that you couldn't really put down on paper and go out and ask somebody to apply for. 100%. And it becomes a perfect situation for me. I've never been happier in a workplace. And, and most of the people that, you know, are here and in their niches, found their niches like, I didn't even really realize I was good at this until I got into it. Yeah. And um, it's awesome that we're always accommodating to the people that are, are willing to do that. But to, to talk about your niche, you have no idea the amount of time that saved me. <laughs> oh, really? Well, you think about it, you know, <clears throat> a lot of people in this area, I lived in this area for a lot of years. A lot of people know who I am in this area because of coaching yeah. basketball and, and kids being in school, stuff like that. And hey, can you give money to this? Can you give money? And it became like the constant conversation where now I get to go, actually, we have a program set up. <laughs> Just get on our website. It's really easy to, easy to follow because that was a vast majority of the conversations I would have out in the real world. Well, is, yeah. And it would be, you be willing to give? Well, I, I, I don't know. And then you got to figure out, well, who do I even send them to? Exactly, and, exactly. And then it becomes like you're making the pitch for the person who needs money. And and that's a percentage of my day. Yeah. That I got back. Yeah. hundred percent. So, so thanks. Well, no, I do what I can. <laughs> I, I do. So, you, you mentioned before and I, that you are, uh, you've been coaching basketball for a long time. You were, you were in the army. I'm starting to really, <laughs> my kid's getting like four and he's four and a half now. And he's starting to figure out what sports and stuff he wants to go into. What was important about coaching to you? Like you spend all your whole day trying to lead, trying to organize people and then to go off and say, oh, well, I'm going to spend my nights doing the same thing. Yeah. We, you know, we, Basketball's just always been a passion. I played in high school. Um, we talked about this a little bit in the last podcast as well. Is it's a way for me to give back. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that selfishly what it gives me, and right currently I'm not coaching. Um, and it's really hard. Oh yeah, when you um, stop doing something you've been doing, it's always and I love it. Yeah. I mean, I absolutely well, love it. Well, especially something that gives you that hit in your yeah. mind where you're just like, I'm enjoying myself right now. And what I'm missing right now is um, the chess part of the coaching. Like, oh, yeah. Like the other day I went out and I helped a friend of mine has third graders. And he's like, hey, would you come and just give us some drills? And my wife was like, you know, maybe you should just get back to giving back it to that level. And I'm, I'm like, I can't because the competitiveness of the varsity level yeah. of basketball is as close to being in the army as 
I can get. Yes. And that camaraderie and that team building and that everybody fighting for a mission, which is probably why I do really well around the brewery is because it's kind of my job description of what I'm describing, but that's what I'm missing. And if it wasn't for the coaching, it's kind of my, my therapy. If you, yeah. you know, it, for it, two it, hours, no matter good or bad, how great life is, how bad life is, I get two hours where I don't focus on anything. I else. got this one thing. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not a hundred percent in on this and paying attention to this, then it affects all these people. Yep. And I am ultra competitive in the fact like I never thought that uh, something would take the place of playing the sport. Yeah. Because I loved playing. Yes. But watching kids perform the exact things you've been teaching them and do it as a group and and find success in it, there's no better feeling than that. Oh, yeah. And I bet like explaining how to do something to someone and then watching it click in. Yes. Like after they try and try and try and then finally clicks and they get it and then they can just do it. Yep. And that first time where it's like, everyone's like, Oh, did you see that? Yeah. And they got it. Everyone gets a good feeling out of it. Everyone gets super happy. And it's really funny with those things. Cause you'll work really hard to get something and then you get it and you're so happy. And when you're competitive or when you, you want to progress past that, how quickly it goes from, isn't that so awesome? I can do this now too. Yeah. That's the thing I can do. What's that, next? That, right. Because that's the standard. Now we got to raise. Now the we got to, now we yeah, got to, now exactly. we got to pick it up. What's, what's next now. Yep. And that's kind of how the brewery is, right? Yeah. It, it's like, we're talking about the O2 levels in the package earlier. It's like, okay, well we got it down to 18. Well, why aren't we at 15? Why aren't we at 15? <laughs> can you, it, what, what is the lowest possible? Like, you yeah. know? Yeah. And, and that's actually when we're interviewing, we, we kind of talk to people about like, what did you do in high school? Because were you part of like a lot of the people that work here were part of, you know, FFA sports teams, yeah. um, uh, uh, hunters, uh, safety, you know, teachers of hunter safety, stuff like that, where they're part of something bigger than what they are. It's all volunteer stuff, right? You yeah. don't have to do these things, but you became part of a team at a young age. And it's just kind of something that's always sunk in with you being part of a team and doing something bigger than yourself. And I would say 90 closer to maybe a hundred percent of the people that work here were involved as children in, in groups like that theater band. I mean, you name it, any extracurricular that you're volunteering to put yourself out there for, that, that's what we're looking for. That's all. You know, that, that, that's awesome. And I was going to, I was going to, I was going to text you the other day. I went out and I was shooting some hoops and uh, of course, you know, I'm shooting against anyone. Well, I'm 40. So, you know, <laughs> I'm still gonna take pride in this. I think I hit 75%. Oh, nice. And I wasn't just standing at the free throw line. I was moving around. I was, <laughs> I was like doing some Steph Curry. I was fading back. <laughs> that's my, that was my son's favorite player. Yeah. I was trying, I, I was trying to make it difficult for myself, like bounce the ball real high, go run and grab it. Shoot off the, shoot off the jump. I can see you now. Well, this is how crazy I get. Like when I, when I need to expel some energy, this is what I do. I go, I go skateboarding and, or I just sit at the basketball hoop and go, how difficult can I make this for myself? There you go. There you go. But Scott, I, I know you're busy. We're running up around our 40 minute mark, which is, you know, we can go long, but what we usually like to, to, to keep our, ourselves around because, uh, I don't know. Uh, it's just a number I picked, but yeah, no worries. <laughs> what are you drinking these days out of here? Well, moon what man's you, my go-to. Well, moon man's still, sure. still just, just hitting the moon man. Yep. That's, I like that's, it. That's my guy for <laughs> sure. Um, but the scotch ale. Ooh, that hits. Tis the season. That's right? good. That it's, is good. You know, colder temperatures are coming, although it's 
crazy warm for uh, December. Um, but man, that beer is just really, really hitting the spot right now. Well, I went, uh, yeah, that Scotch Ale, that Scotch Ale really hits. I, every once in a while I'll get invited to do a literary reading where, you know, they'll be like, Hey, come read some stuff you've, you've written. And this last weekend I was invited to the South side of Chicago to go do a, a book launch reading for, for oh, a friend cool. of mine. It was really, really cool. So I met like, um, I, I, of course I stopped through here the day before. Cause I'm like, I'm going to Illinois. I'm going to literary. I didn't tell anybody I was going to do this. And I just like, I put like a, 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 like a variety case in my trunk. Oh, there you go. And I just I head down the reading cause, and I got there and they had a drinks table out and they had a, uh, you know, there's some lineys on there. I think the, the beer they brought was lineys and I was like, oh, lineys good beer. And then they had um, a bunch of LaCroix and stuff. So everything was like actually from Wisconsin, which is really weird. But I had cooled it down in advance. I put Scream on the table. I put Strawberry Rhubarb on the table. I put Spotted Cow on the table. And I swear to God, these people came in for this reading. They, they, they're like, oh, the beverages are over there. To a person, they all walked up to that table, started on one end. And then when they got to like the giant, <laughs> the giant new glare section, they were like, Isn't that what crazy? is this? And I, I swear to God, like everyone's going nuts over Scream. Everyone's going nuts over Strawberry Rhubarb. So... What I've been drinking lately is a lot of Scream and Strawberry Rhubarb. Yeah, Scream's on point. I got a text the other day from uh, a buddy of mine in Milwaukee. He's like, got Scream on draft. It's awesome. It's so good. Such a good beer. But I'll give you one funny story uh, before we head out is my wife's, one of her very good friends lives down in Arizona, mm-hmm. married an ex-Major League Baseball player. And um, they came out here. I gave him a tour. And, and now as a retired guy, he his job is he sells like replacement knees and stuff like that. Yeah. So he's actually got to like be in the surgeries with the doctors and stuff. So they got married overseas, came home, had a wedding anniversary. This was probably, I don't know, four or five years ago. And uh, they're like, hey, would, would you be willing to ship us some, some beer? So I sent a few cases of cow and moon man. And here I am in this circle of, of dudes down in Arizona and it's all surgeons and ex major league baseball players. <laughs> That's awesome. And they all got a wine or a cocktail in their hand. And I had a moon man in my hand and this guy, one of the doctors is t- talking. He's, you know, talking about one of the surgeries he had performed and on, on, on who it was. Cause they all knew the guy and, um, stops dead in his tracks. He's like, wait a minute. Are you holding a new glares? Yes, I am. I was like, yeah, it's Moon Man. And he's like, how did you get that? And the guy got married. He's like, yeah, doc, this is the guy I was telling you about. Gave me the tour. He brought a bunch of it here. He's like, the doctor's like, you guys all need to put your drinks down now. That is hilarious. Well, I only shipped like three cases each. <laughs> so it was gone in like 10 minutes. Yeah. But for the next like 20 minutes... I was the topic. Here I am, all these baseball players and surgeons, and they're all talking to me about our beer because it just travels like you wouldn't expect it to. The word of mouth is unreal. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And let that be a lesson to everyone out there. If you have an event, invite people from breweries. 100%. <laughs> invite brewery 100%. people, man. They come with beer, usually. Yep. They yep. usually come with beer. 100%. And if you can invite someone from a Wisconsin brewery, they're definitely coming with beer. No doubt. No doubt. We don't, we don't, we, we don't show. It, it's all you can do Beer to get us. Well, it's all you can do to get us to not show up with like pre-cooked bratwurst. She's like, I, I brought these just in case anybody wanted a bratwurst at nine 30 in the morning. Cause we are crazy people. That's what we do. True story. 
Well, Scott, thank you very much for your time today. This was an awesome conversation, and uh, we'll have you we'll have you back again to to see what we're up to going through twenty twenty four. I know we're going to have some some exciting stuff coming up. We so. do have a lot of exciting coming up in we, the next year. Yeah, yeah, not uh, the least of which isn't uh, isn't I think Dan mentioned on a previous podcast he went out and found his ingredients for Pilsner. So let's go, baby. Let's go. <laughs>